3: through this work week at least the after hours timetable i know you don't all operate on our time but that's our perspective once we hit one o'clock pacific four o'clock eastern time we are dead center of our work week and we like to celebrate getting over the hump with what we call the hump show and you can also ask amy anything as part of this hump show So send your questions to our show Twitter, After Hours CBS, also our Facebook page, to help you smile. Well, you can check out a a photo of poor Penny. Her donut collar arrived, and she had no idea what to do with it. She's staring into space. Poor thing. So that's on both Twitter and Facebook. We also have our TD of the Week poll still live for another hour and a very tight race between the top two candidates. You'll have to go check it out for yourself. And finally, some of you answering our question already in honor. It's kind of a funny way to say it. But in honor of South Carolina coach Shane Beamer breaking his foot because he kicked something after a frustrating performance by... The Gamecocks. What is the craziest or funniest injury you can remember? Jay, should I read it the way you typed it? (laughs) Poor Jay.
2: Yes.
3: Sometimes he doesn't go back and proofread. But I should proofread, probably. I say read it out loud every time. What is the craziest or funniest injury you can remember happened to a coach or an athlete? Or a story of your own? Jay, do you have a story about getting injured by kicking something?
2: I didn't kick anything.
3: That's unfortunate. It would have been fun if you had a personal story.
2: Um, I I was injured once by something stupid I did, but it wasn't by kicking anything. It involved sport, I guess. I was, uh, me and my friends, we used to skateboard a lot. and We built like ramps and I don't know, I guess I thought I was good. and I was like, oh, let me drop in with my shoes tied together, my shoelaces tied. What? Just to see, I don't know. I thought I could do it and I thought it'd be cool. And I uh, tried it and fell and scraped my entire arm up and that didn't go well. Oh. Yeah, that was stupid. Wow. Okay. Didn't do that again.
3: <laughs> you tied your shoelaces together? Yeah,
2: no one asked me to. I was just like, yo, guys, watch this. Tied my shoelaces together, tried to drop in, felt feeling really confident, and just went straight down like a sack of potatoes.
3: Huh. What is wrong with dudes? <laughs> Not, it wasn't great.
2: I thought it'd be like an epic moment. Like, oh, remember that time he dropped in with his show? Oh, they remember. All right.
3: Huh.
2: Not okay. for the right reason.
3: Interesting. <laughs> maybe it's just it maybe it's not a male female thing maybe it's just a me thing I uh prefer not to get injured now I am a klutz so I've done things like and I'm not joking about this uh step on a pile of acorns that all started rolling all at the same time Mm. and ended up on my rear end because I fell uh I certainly have fallen it, on ice, slipped on ice and snow and all that kind of stuff. If you grew up in the Northeastern New England or anywhere that there's snow, you are familiar with ice mishaps. Uh, trying to think what other dumb stuff I've done. I mean, I've, oh, the worst injury I ever had had nothing to do with sports. I dropped an in, you know, those large containers of shampoo, how heavy they are. Yep. It slipped out of my hand in the shower and I dropped it directly on my big toe. That had wow. to be the worst pain ever. Outside of the planter's wart removal, the story that I still haven't told you about how that happened. Uh, yeah, the worst injury probably I've ever had is that I dropped an entire super large economy size shampoo completely full on my big toe. And I think I limped for weeks. It was, it was rough. Yikes. Yeah. It hurt badly, but that's just because I'm a klutz, not because I was kicking something. I was angry. Didn't Sammy Sosa hurt himself by sneezing once. Somebody <laughs> in sports hurt himself <laughs> by sneezing familiar. once. Yeah. So th- those are not really the injuries we're talking about. Cause those are quirky. And also, for like freak injuries, not the type of injuries that you sustain because you were angry and you kick something or you you hit something, you punch something. Yeah, those are the ones that you rue and you regret. Are you kidding me? What did I just do? And as Shane Beamer said, the adrenaline wore off and then he was in a lot of pain. Right. But I like Jay's.
2: Yeah, I, I don't.
3: Was it on TikTok?
2: Oh, gosh, no, this was pre TikTok. Yeah, I was in like middle school when this happened. Thank
3: goodness there are no videos to corroborate the story.
2: Uh, honestly, I wish there was just so I at least I'd have the memory of it. Cause, like, I don't know. Really? I did it. So it happened. At least I could have documented it and be
3: like, oh, at least here it is. But no, nothing. Huh. You could have gone viral. Maybe. Can we, by the way, settle the debate over the viral Chargers fan? that a lot of people believe was a plant. And you know who I'm talking about. If you haven't checked out our show Twitter lately, After Hours CBS, you can find this Chargers fan. She and her husband are season ticket holders, and she went viral because of her intense expressions of not just her joy, but her frustration over the Chargers tying the game in the fourth quarter. I think that's that's when ESPN discovered her, uh, but also later as they lost. And she got so much airtime that she turned into a meme on social media. And she has done interviews now with multiple media outlets where she does, in fact, say, hey, we're, we're season ticket holders, my husband and I. We're passionate. We love our Chargers. Her name is Marianne Doe, Marianne Doe. And actually, the NFL, remember how the NFL changed its profile picture to Taylor Swift just because? Well, now the Chargers have changed their profile picture to her face. How about that? You want to talk about going from nothing to your 15 minutes of fame, that's this Chargers fan. (laughs) Pretty incredible. But she has done interviews where she has essentially – responded to the claims that she was a plant or an actor, and she said, no way. My husband and I are season ticket holders who rent cabana suites every season for multiple games. She told her story to Tom Pellicero. I think she was on the Pat McAfee show. She did an interview with Yahoo. This is a real woman, <laughs> and she wanted to make sure people knew she wasn't getting paid for her crazy expressions. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, it's uh, it's... That quickly where you can go from being no one to having the world know your name in this I, age of social media. I
2: did see her get a little bit of backlash, though, for being a Vikings fan, apparently. Did you see that? mm so How can
3: you be a Vikings fan and a Chargers fan at the same time?
2: Exactly. So there's photos that have resurfaced of her from years ago with the same emotion in Vikings gear. And then it comes out that she is from Minnesota, Okay, has lived now in Los Angeles in the California area for 20 years, still has love for her Vikings, but is considers herself a Chargers fan now.
3: Okay. I can understand that. There are a lot of people who are from one place and pick up and move to another place, and they start rooting for the local teams. At least she's passionate for both.
2: Yeah, I, I I get it. I don't, I'm not going to kill her for that. That's, no, that's fine. <laughs>
3: You're not going to kill her for that? But there are a lot of people who don't believe she's real and don't believe that she is authentically that engaged and that invested in the Chargers. But, yeah, pretty funny. Uh, the, just her expressions. And we've got some memes up on our Twitter after our CBS. <laughs> Let's hope she didn't punch anything because I could imagine that, that uh, there would be a lot of intensity behind that after the Chargers lost. That roller coaster of emotions. Yes. Uh, She she demonstrated what it's like to be a Chargers fan. (laughs) So whether you would like to share some passionate moment where you also lost your... You lost control of your emotions, and you paid for it with a bodily injury. You can do that, or maybe it's a an athlete that you remember who did that in sports at some point, like Marco did. He remembered a couple that I did not remember at all. And then there's Jay, who was yeah. just showing off.
2: <laughs> oh, trying to
3: so i'm sorry i'm not laughing at your pain oh they were all right they were your friends were oh, of course oh of dear. course i was
2: lying there writhing
3: did they check to make sure you're okay first no, no
2: of course not oh
3: okay <laughs> Just
2: name calling all the good stuff
3: <laughs> oh no it's the hump show Jay did a face plant right into it.
2: Yep, right into the concrete.
3: (laughs) It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. So, yes, our show, Twitter, or our Facebook page. Our phone number, 855-212-4227. It's 855-212-4CBS. On Monday Night Football, her Chargers, Mary Ann's Chargers, they lost. They had opportunities, of course. Uh, We know that they, uh, both they and the Cowboys, had multiple stops inside the red zone. They get all the way into the red zone and weren't able to capitalize for the chargers. It happened multiple times and it was, it's almost, you almost have to try to not capitalize on multiple opportunities that close, right? So give credit to the Cowboys defense, but there were like the Duran bland ball that he knocked away uh, from a chargers receiver, but there were, Certainly, ways that the Chargers' offense itself could have made different decisions, could have performed differently. Uh, it's always the yin and the yang. The you know, it's it's not just one sided. Um, but the, for the Chargers, I think that's kind of the issue with their fans is that very often. Their team comes up with innovative and creative ways to lose. So I don't know whether or not, if you're a Chargers fan, you actually think that anything has changed. If you missed our conversation with Fernando Ramirez, we talked about it with him. But yes, the Cowboys defense deserves a ton of credit for the plays that it made on the goal line, in the red zone, and with the ball in the hands of Justin Herbert at the very end. There were two big plays, notable plays, that remind you what the Cowboys' defense is capable of.
2: Second and two, Herbert back. What? Hit! Sack! We had just, <laughs> Micah Parsons got it, babe, and I were just talking during the break, and I said, no I've got sense. zero sacks for the Dallas Cowboys, and that's the first one. Third and ten at the Charger, 25. Minute 32 in the game. Herbert back. Pressure coming again. Throws it out. Intercepted. Gilmore jumped in at the Los Angeles 32. And you can credit the pressure for that one.
3: The calls with Brad Sham on Cowboys Radio. Now remember, that same Cowboys defense got roasted by the Niners offense the week before. It's one of my favorite things now on Monday, or in this case on Tuesday, the latest edition of The Edge with Micah Parsons dropping on Bleacher Report. This is his podcast. It's quickly becoming one of my favorites. And he takes you inside the sack that helped seal the deal for Dallas on Monday Night Football. What was going through my mind? So literally, we
4: was running four man games. Obviously, they were sliding, chipping, things like that. And I was like, man, if we get an opportunity, we should go to a five-man uh pressure. Uh, And you can see J-Ron Kirsch coming off the edge. I knew I would end up getting a one-on-one with a guy that I knew I could beat. I just hit it. Relentlessly, they still try to come, uh, you know, double-team me. But I just was able to break through and get the crucial sack that we needed uh, to help in the game. Because then, of course, my guy, Gilly Lock, The man, the guy that came to help us win the Super Bowl, came over and ended the game, and that's what he do, man. Gilly Locks, a legend, Hall of Famer, and you know, he told me when he was at the coach, he was thinking about coming over here. I got excited, um, but man, I'm so glad he came over here. The wisdom, uh, the type of guy he is, bro. I couldn't be more happy uh, to play with a guy like that.
3: Micah Parsons on his podcast also took aim at those who. Would come at his quarterback. Now he didn't get teary like To. This is my quarterback, but, which by the way happened when To was a cowboy. Uh, but he did lay it on the line. And I'll just be fair. I think that it's this is not just being a homer or being a good teammate. Remember, he also defended Zach Wilson against those critics and those who you know would call him trash. And remember, there was one particular former nfl player who called him by that name or that noun and Mike has stood up for others in the nfl that he believes are absorbing unworthy criticism just happens that right now it's his own qb i'm just calling out the bs
4: because i'm tired of people trashing my quarterback i'm tired of people trashing my team and that's why i had nothing to say to me this week i just wanted us to say you want to hear me talk come to hear me talk on the edge Monday night um, and and that's just what it's going to be. Because I have nothing to say because if you're just going to take one game and say this is who I am, then I have nothing to say to you because in life, that's just not how it is.
3: He's passionate. And he's he's certainly paying attention. As someone who's already jumping into media, he's paying attention to what's being said. What was the phrase that we started to hear from Robert Sala last year? Keeping receipts, taking receipts, something like that. Keeping receipts. Uh, and now it's become a thing. You hear a lot of athletes, even people who are not uh, athletes. they Coaches sometimes will say it. They're keeping receipts. Well, it's clear that Micah is paying attention to what's being said, which maybe balances out because his, his quarterback, Dak Prescott, has said, no way, I do not pay attention. And I think it depends upon your personality. I think some people can pay attention to what is said about them. Like Bryce Harper, for instance. He admits he listens to sports radio in Philadelphia. Not to mention he heard the rumblings of what happened in the Braves locker room or clubhouse after he ran into the double play to end game two of the NLDS. The whole attaboy Harper and the laughter of Orlando Arcia got back to him. And so he took that as personal motivation. Not every athlete needs that. Not every athlete operates that way. Bryce does. It's clear Micah does. You remember the stories about Michael Jordan and how any little slight he would use as motivation to kick your you-know-what. He would
2: go as far as to make stuff up, Michael Jordan. <laughs>
3: that is what people think, that he made stuff up. Perceived slights, if you will. Whatever it is, some athletes thrive on that. And I like that Micah makes no secret of the fact that he is hearing what the media is saying. Like how analysts are not treating the Cowboys fairly, in his opinion. We want the same energy for everybody. Because there's a whole
4: bunch of bashing when it's Dak Prescott But not the same when it's the Eagles. I got time today. I heard a quote. Acho said this, which which pissed me off. He said, I'm not worried about the 49ers. They were missing Christian McCaffrey. They were missing Debo Samuel. This will piss me off about that, okay? They started that game. The Browns were missing Deshaun Watson. They were missing Nick Chubb. They were missing Jack Collin. They were missing them key factors before the game even started. So why is it that we are just scrubs and we're nobodies that don't deserve to be on the field and we're just all talk, but there's a hundred excuses for these other these other teams. Like If y'all just wanna hate Cowboys Nation, just say, y'all hate Cowboys Nation. <laughs> but
3: don't sit here and throw shade on us. Keep the same energy for everybody. He sounds like a fan, doesn't he? How often have we heard rants like that on sports radio? Micah Parsons sounds like a fan. I know he is a very highly skilled, extremely athletic, can talk the talk and walk the walk. And he's obviously got a huge fan base with the Dallas Cowboys and their fans all over the country, all over the world, really. But he does sound just like the type of fan you would hear On a sports radio show. Calling in. There's bias. They hate us. What did he say last week that we love as our drop? Laugh now, cry later. Laugh now, cry later. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you, he's paying attention. He saw what George Kittle had on his t-shirt. He's keeping receipts. Makes for a highly entertaining podcast. The Edge with Micah Parsons. Keep the same energy for everybody. (laughs) Wait until you hear what he has to say about flag football as a sport in the Olympics. And he's not the only one weighing in. Tyree Kill, Tom Brady. It gives hope for people who still would like to represent their countries. Well, not if they allow NFL players in. Then you're SOL. But that's what people say about curling, right? (laughs) Is if curling is an Olympic sport, well, then there's hope for all of us. Because they're not necessarily athletic.
2: I like curling.
3: No, it's great. And I'm not saying it isn't a, it's a skill or, you know, technical expertise, but you don't have to be an athlete. You don't have to be in tip top physical shape to compete in curling. What type of conditioning do you do for curling exactly?
2: Uh, You got to like, you know, run on the ice a little bit and like scamper.
3: You got to practice brushing the ice back and forth. Wind sprints, maybe. I don't think so. <laughs> Clean the
2: house a couple times you
3: practice. <laughs> All right. You can find us on Twitter, A Law Radio. Also on our Facebook page. Send your questions for Ask Amy anything. Uh, let's see. What do we want to do? Straight ahead. I I know we Kind of dabbled there in college football with Shane Beamer, the coach of South Carolina who confirms that he broke his foot kicking something. Uh, Dion Sanders, he was mad, but mad in a different way. Mad in a way that he called out his team after, gosh, an epic collapse on Saturday against USC. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence.
5: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?
6: Hyundai, there's joy in every journey
3: it's on cbs sports radio
2: you are listening to the after hours
7: podcast
0: a 31
2: yard field goal dead center kicking right to left the old american kicker can win it for stanford put down kick is up it's on its way and it is good
3: And the Stanford Cardinal has thrown shade on the Buffaloes here in Boulder on a Friday night.
2: This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence.
3: The Stanford Cardinal Radio Network. I think I might have said the wrong school before the break, so forgive me for that. Uh, there's a lot in my brain, and sometimes on the Hump Show it comes out all jumbled. So you can keep receipts if you like. But this was an epic collapse, and for Colorado, with all the bravado and all of the all of the Dion Sanders noise that we have heard or we did hear to start. Well, actually, going back to the summer to start his tenure there at Colorado, the cameras that are constantly rolling, the rants about making it personal, a lot of the the taunting and the the clapping back and skirmishes and there's just a lot of spirit. There's also a lot of hot air. And we know that other coaches and other schools have balked at the attitude now that Deion Sanders has installed at Colorado. And when they started out the season with this huge upset and they captured a lot of attention, it was crazy how he might have been the biggest thing in football, not just the biggest thing in college football. But they've come back to earth, right? And Deion Sanders and the Colorado Buffaloes have kind of had a taste of some adversity. And I say that tongue-in-cheek because, of course, it's more than a taste. Being in the Pac-12 now for this season, they ran into a buzzsaw in Oregon, right? And even though they were competitive the following week, also losing against, I think that was the game against USC. I don't have their schedule memorized, but what stands out to me is how quickly it went from being a nonstop buzz around Dion and Colorado to very quiet, to... Well, reminds me of the what happened with Messi, right? When Messi first joined Miami and how we were doing questions and even did a poll about who's hotter, Taylor Swift or Messi. And it was a very tight poll. And then they got out, they they ended their winning streak, and he, he didn't really get injured, injured, but uh, he needed a couple of games off. And it went from being this white-hot spotlight to all of a sudden people forgot all about Messi playing in Miami. Just so opposite. What a difference a week or two can make. And that's how it feels to get about Colorado. They won those first three games. They beat TCU on the road in the upset. And then getting blasted by Oregon. Losing to USC, though it was a competitive game. And now, you even have people cheering for them after they get embarrassed by Stanford. I mean, we're talking about historic comeback by the Stanford Cardinal, who were down... Twenty-one to nothing at halftime and came back to beat the Buffs in double overtime. Started on Friday, finished on Saturday. It was a really long game. <laughs> so Deion Sanders he's challenging his team and we had a chance to, to let you hear from him. Still very inspirational, still capturing it all on camera and on film. In fact, now he's going to author a book but this was just Dion responding to questions, and I give him credit because he shows up in the good, and he also shows up, and he's the same Dion in the bad. And this was in the wake of a devastating loss and a yeah, an embarrassing loss for his team.
7: What I just said in the locker room to the team is they got to make up in their mind: Are they in love with this game, or they in like with it? Because when you love something, you give to it unconditionally. You give everything you got. Without a shadow of a doubt, I am truly 100% in love with this thing. And I just want people to match me. Just match my passion. Match my, match my heart. Match my love. Match my consistency. Just match my mannerisms. Just match every darn thing I give to this game.
3: Are you in like with this game or are you in love with this game? Interesting, too, to hear from Dion. He said after the fact that he was not comfortable when they were up at halftime. He didn't like the attitude in his locker room. He said, going into the half, it felt like we took our foot off the gas. We stalled offensively. We gave up some yardage. And then he said early in the second half, he could sense the complacency. You can't understand how in the world that happens to us, but it did. And certainly it's human nature because we see it in sports where a team gets a big lead. Seems to happen every other night in the NBA. A team gets a big lead. Then they start playing not to lose as opposed to playing the same way that they did to build the big lead. And the other team that's got nothing to lose is playing with wild abandon comes roaring back. Don't know how it happens. You'd think they'd learn from every other team that's fallen victim to it in the past. And yet humans are humans everywhere. But again, he's still inspirational and he is Dion regardless of win lose draw. He's still the same guy. And he was asked how the team moves forward.
7: You like have no choice but to go forward. That's life. This ain't the only thing that's going on in life. I mean, all you guys are dealing with something. You're still moving, you're still progressing, you're still going forward. We got to do the same darn thing. We didn't expect that. There's a lot of things that goes on in life that's unexpected, and this is one of them. We got to knuckle up and let's go. We can't sit down and have no pity party. Y'all don't feel bad for us. Some of y'all are ecstatic about what transpired today, and I know that. But that's cool. We're going to take this one on the chin because we deserve it. Uh, 29. I, I, I've never been in one of these. Type. I, I don't remember. A, a, I, from, from youth on, I won't remember being up 29 nothing and losing a football game. I really don't. This is, this is a little tough for me, and I'm trying my best, and I thank you all for your patience.
3: He knows. It's true. A lot of bravado, a lot of boldness. They're brash. They talk. They're in your face. They've all got podcasts and videos. And yeah, you you go big and you talk a lot of smack. And there are people who will root against you. I mean, I have heard members of my own profession on different shows openly root against Dion because they don't like the attitude. They don't like all the the yapping. They don't like the way that they are arrogant and cocky. And yet, Dion is more than just hot air. He's always been more than just hot air. And you hear that with some of these comments post game. We felt like they were worth sharing. The fact is, this is life and this is adversity. And he never promised his kids it was going to be easy. He's learned a lot of life lessons himself. And so as much as you may balk at the attitude and in your face and the demonstrations and it's personal and everything's on video and everybody's got a podcast and it's all about your brand. He's also teaching these guys how important education is. We hear him talk about that. And he's training them to be men, not just football players but that to me is really the most important thing about kids and young adults playing sports is that being part of a team playing a sport where you do fail a lot of the time there are some valuable life lessons that will help you when you're done playing sports and Dion is all about that maybe people don't hear that as much but he is trying to train these young men including his own sons to be prepared for what's to come down the road where life is damn hard sometimes so I admire him I know it's not everybody's cup of tea but I do admire him because he's consistent he is Dion through and through he doesn't confidence but he also teaches substance and so far as we know, has not broken his foot by kicking anything, too. <laughs> Although he did have some toes removed, right? Was that frostbite? I forgot what that was from.
1: No, he has all kinds of circulation issues. <laughs> is it, they, they were concerned about possibly even losing his foot.
3: Yeah, I remember that, but I don't remember what the condition was. Something to do with...
1: What the I'm circulation gonna, issue yeah, is? Like, I, that I don't know. I'm have to look it um, up. I don't know. I mean, he had a lot of foot issues when right. he was playing. Yes, uh, There was a lot of turf toe stuff and... I remember that was, I think that might've been, he might've been the first guy that I remember with turf toe. we really? were talking about the nineties where it was like, what the hell is turf toe? Um, but I don't know if that was leads to the circulation issue, which leads to now that mm. I, I, I don't know. I don't know enough about it. I do remember history. that
3: in the summertime where he was, he was there in was thought danger that he of losing might, his foot. Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, and luckily that didn't happen obviously, but I, I don't.
3: Ongoing I, blood circulation issues.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know enough about, you know, medical terms and all that, I, I i don't know enough about that to, to be able to speak on it. Mm. And I don't know, again, I didn't research it. Does this have anything to do with all the foot issues that he had when he was playing? No. I, I i find that difficult to believe because this seems like a circulation. That was more of a an injury. It just right. seems a little different. An ultrasound
3: me. revealed that some previously opened arteries had closed, according to his medical team. Yeah. And he he's pretty much open about all of this stuff. Oh, what did he say? Uh, What did he, the the whole cliche, well, it wasn't a cliche, but when he surprised himself with the I'm built for the, I forgot, I'm a man of the something, not the moment. I'm a
7: monument. Oh, there we go. Not a moment.
3: (laughs) I'm a monument, not a moment.
7: (laughs) God, that was good. (laughs) What does that even
3: mean? Oh, well, in the context, it actually it meant, you know, about not being a flash in the pan, about, you know, this is not just about a, a couple of gaudy winds and blah, blah, blah. Okay. How do you know you have staying power? I'm a monument, not a moment. <laughs> he's like, oh, oh, that was good. <laughs> wow. That's funny. All right. On Twitter, after hours, CBS, send your questions for ask Amy anything. Uh, We're getting some of your responses to some crazier or funnier injuries for athletes and coaches just in the heat of the moment. Uh, So whether you're on either of our social media sites, our YouTube channel as well, as we get ready to do another edition of ask Amy, a couple of more recent video versions of ask Amy, anything. And would you like to see, or will you watch, I guess, whether or not you'd like to see it, it's coming. Flag football in the Olympics. <laughs> why do I feel like we're watering it down? Is pickleball about to be an Olympic sport as well? Yes. Of course it is.
2: You are listening to the After Hours Podcast.
0: <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
1: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
0: After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward.
7: Third down and six for Miami at the two minute mark of the second quarter. Back to throw Tua. Looking. Fires deep down the right side. He's got Tyreek. Touchdown Miami. To a deadly kill from Tua Tango Getting you to
2: the good half of your week. It's The Hump Show on After Hours.
3: It is. Pretty obvious that Tyreek Hill and his quarterback, Tua are on a mission to make Tyreek the first receiver in NFL history to ever cross the 2,000-yard plateau. I feel as though, and maybe it's a Mike McDaniel goal as well, even if they're not going to speak about it or even if it's not something that they would acknowledge They aren't going to force it to Tyreek. But when you've got the connection that he and Tua do, well, why not? It can be a byproduct. And he is the best option on the field, to be sure. Oh, I'm thinking it. Because Tyreek Hill stated it before the season, he's absolutely going after it. And I can imagine that Tua and Mike McDaniel wouldn't mind that feather in their caps either. (laughs) Huh. He is on pace now. I did this, the math, going back to Sunday night and talked about it on the show then. He's on pace now to get between 2,300 and 2,400 yards. Even if he falls off pace a little bit, he's very much within that kind of window now. To go the rest of the way, they played six games. Let's just say he has... Another, he averages 100 yards a game between now and the end of the season. So another 11 games, another 1,100 yards, he's already over 800 yards, he would be right there on the cusp. So it means one more game of, say, 150-ish, and then averaging 100. He's there.
4: Hey, Cheetah, let's get it, baby. (laughs) Uh,
3: Remember he told us that a healthy Tua was good for Tyreek Hill. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Micah Parsons actually believes that Tyreek is an MVP candidate, another part of what he said on his podcast. Tyreek, meanwhile, is now focused on his next adventure, which would be representing the red, white, and blue in flag football.
4: You know how amazing it would be to assemble a super team to play in the Olympics, man, just to compete for like a world championship? That'd be crazy, you know, to be able to go to the Olympics and actually win a medal. I know I said world championship, but I meant to say Olympic medal. That'd be actually crazy, man, just to see some of the best talent that we got, obviously, in the U.S. against, you know, some of the other talent across the world. I grew up a fan of, you know, the Dream Team. I watched a documentary of LeBron them probably twice a month. I just love to see the competitive drive of those guys, just to competition of what they had and just the interaction that they had and I try to add that into what I do every day so just being able to say hey man I was able to play on the Olympic level and compete for a medal for the US would be special like who wouldn't want to do that though to travel the world well to travel to LA and compete in a flag (laughs) championship to travel the world
3: oh no just to travel to LA okay here's the question we know that the NFL is becoming more and more popular in Europe even Australia They have a voracious appetite for the NFL. Talk about some crazy hours. It's like us watching international events, right? But how many international players are there in the NFL? Not very many. This is not like Major League Baseball or the NHL or even the NBA, which has more and more of a of a flavor for international. And you know that when there are world championships or Olympic games in hockey, in baseball, I mean, even the World Baseball Classic, in the NBA a lot of the athletes will go and play for their home countries or some of them have dual citizenship and they'll play for the other nation. That is not the case in the NFL. Football is decidedly American. Our football is decidedly American. So I kind of feel like that would be an extreme advantage for the red, white, and blue. Not that I'm against it, but... Remember watching Peyton Manning coach the AFC in the flag football game at the Pro Bowl last year? Would it be like that? (laughs) I don't know.
2: You think Peyton could coach the flag football team USA?
3: Maybe, but, well, who would be better at than a former athlete, a former football player, right? But I just don't think that there are enough athletes who play football. Canada? But still, I don't know how many athletes there are that – would be able to play for other countries so and would make it even a viable field. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah. So right now there's 37 international players in the NFL.
3: 37's not even a roster. Nope, 37. That's it. And they're not all from the same country, obviously. Just, I'm not sure it would be fair. Just think uh, who would play quarterback
2: for any other team. Every quarterback in the NFL is American. <laughs> there's who would, And that's it. That's the advantage right there. It's that's okay. Game over who's going to play quarterback and go against Mahomes or Herbert or whoever we throw out there.
3: Right now to me, it seems as though it's again, unfair is a word I don't use a lot in sports because life is unfair, but it doesn't seem equitable. If what you're looking for in the Olympic stage is to have a competition that encourages more people to participate in this particular sport or in, at least encourages healthy competition among nations that's not going to happen if you have NFL players yeah. on the Olympic stage.
2: Yeah, I don't think going against Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, uh, is going to make an English cornerback want to go to the NFL. But. This would
3: be like the original dream team going back to the early 90s.
2: If not more dominant, if that's
3: possible. Yeah, I would think it would be. How many other nations could even field a team? It would just be a bunch of scrubs. That uh, how do, they, do they even know how to play flag football <laughs> could, in a lot of other countries?
2: They could try.
3: Would it be a tournament of four teams? Four nations?
2: The USA team, red. I mean, come on, it's got to be competitive.
3: Cynthia Freeland's next. It's after hours on CBS Sports Radio.
6: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit hyundaiusa.com for more details. Hyundai: There's joy in every journey.
5: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.